0: So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take this moment to say thank you for listening to the Rail Rescue Podcast. It means a lot to me that you enjoy these stories as much as I do. Since the start of this podcast, we've had a lot of support from all over the world. It has been amazing. Now we have companies joining our team that also want to say thank you for all that you are doing out there standing the watch. These companies are offering discounts on their products as a way to support the rescue community and those tuning into The Real Rescue Podcast. Just go to realrescue.com click on Sponsors, and see these incredible offers for yourself. This episode of The Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider. Access, because when lives are at stake and conditions are challenging, Clear communication is of the utmost importance. SR3 rescue concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. And VersaLips, to be your best, you need to squat your best. Breeze Eastern, they dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945. Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at Breeze-Eastern.com. The Axness PNG wireless ICS system can bring cutting-edge wireless intercommunication system technology to any aircraft. The PNG system can be fully integrated into an existing ICS system or can be carried on and off as a mobile base station. They can go anywhere, at any time, on any aircraft. Plus, with the strongest and most robust waterproof handheld in the market, this system can take a hit and keep working. Their wireless intercom systems are designed to enhance situational awareness. Through improved communication capability. This system brings superior noise canceling technology to eliminate rotor wash and engine noise from your ICS. The Access PNG wireless system is currently deployed in more than 1,800 public safety, air ambulance, and search and rescue aircraft worldwide. I have personally used the Access system in four different countries and on five different airframes. It is awesome. If you want more information, Contact them today at AXNES.com. That's A-X-N-E-S.com. You just make sure you tell them, Quinny sent me. SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help your helicopter training. They train daytime, nighttime, aerial firefighting, hoist, long line, fast rope, rappel, and more. They can assist your program with standardization and safety checks or just an FAA annual refresher with the Certified Flight Instructor Pilots and Experienced Crew. They are ready to help your agency keep up to date with current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. Plus right now, SR3 is offering 10% off anything in their web store with the promo code ALL CAPITAL LETTERS REAL RESCUE R-E-A-L-R-E-S-Q Plus they are offering another 10% from their partners Petzl and their equipment, all you got to do is send an email to info at sr 3 RescueConcepts.com. Mention this podcast, The Real Rescue Podcast, and they'll take care of the rest. And VersaLifts. When you're at the gym working on your squats, building your leg strength for the next rescue mission, depth matters. If you're like me, getting below parallel on your squats is tough. Well, allow me to introduce VersaLifts, heel inserts. These gems have become one of my new favorite accessories in my gym bag. Simply place them into your regular training shoe, either on top or underneath the insole, and bam—you've got a heel lift benefit of a weightlifting shoe, but the comfort and flexibility of your regular trainers. So the next time your workout just has heavy squats, grab your V2 strength insert. Or how about a run, pull up, push up, air squat, and another run? Grab your V2 endurance insert. Or my own personal workout of running clusters and ring muscle up grab your original v2 inserts and go crush it check them out today at vlifts.com or on instagram at versalift and when you're ready to get a few pair of your own make sure you get your 10 percent off with the real rescue discount code squat well friends coming up next on this episode of the real rescue We are joined by a guy from the UK. That's right, the United Kingdom. He comes to us with some epic stories from his time in the Royal Navy. So please welcome our next guest, Mr. Jay O'Donnell. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is the Real Rescue Podcast. So. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me here at the Real Rescue. Today I've got a guy, oh actually, you know come to think of it, you are my first UK guy ever to come on. Okay. Wow. Okay. Oh, this is exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. J O'Donnell. What's up, dude? Hey, how you doing? All right, Quinny? Dude, I'm fantastic. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you so much for for coming on and joining me. Um, we have a couple stories to talk about and and how like I oh, this is gonna be good because you earned a pretty killer medal from the it's the Queen Gallantry Medal, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which I'm I'm super pumped to hear about. Um, and then you have a book you've written, which is even hold on, it's uh Rescue One Nine Four,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, and that's um, that's just sort of captures my search and rescue career really in a nutshell. But uh, we'll we'll hopefully talk about a few things in between. But yeah, it's um, you know it gets good reviews mostly, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly.
0: So the bad reviews are all your friends that are like, (laughs) "Ah, what a loser."
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like, um, yeah, I get neat shit every day from that book. <laughs> from yeah, my it, it yeah, just
0: yeah. goes to show they're true friends because true yeah, friends it, would do that to you
1: pictures i got from it were great you know there was uh propping up table legs there was emergency toilet paper and there was the classics <laughs> of thank <laughs> you jay my son is now asleep in his cot with a book over his chest so you know i like to think i've <laughs> done some good in the world <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, I freaking love that! <laughs> what a friend's for. I mean, really, oh, like exactly. you know, it's yeah. the guys we serve with. It's what it's what they do and what we put up with. I'm okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which uh, which is funny because actually, you and I know a mutual person, a mutual friend. I think I can call him a friend now. I think he would call me a friend back. I'm not totally sure, but Mr. Daz Craig, shout out to Daz. Yeah, so Daz he, uh,
1: Craig. He's he's a legend. Legendary time.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, he totally set us up, and and I get talking to him one day about this, and I'm I've been trying to get him to come on. He's like, no, no, no. So, all you that know Daz out there, you just gotta call him and be like, just give him a hard time. Oh, you can't come on the real rescue, can you? you gotta have yeah, somebody yeah. else do it. So,
1: <laughs>
0: but he totally connected us, and and how how do you know Daz?
1: I've known Daz for a long time through through you know, working in the, in the Royal Navy, in the helicopters side of things, and specifically SAR. But um, yeah, you, you reminded me of a funny story, actually. So uh, every four it. years ago or so, we used to have like um, uh, a European SAR meet in Kiel, in Germany. Uh, uh, not, yeah, so in, G- in Germany, in Kiel. So, um, and it was great fun. You'd go there, accommodation, lots of beer, and lots of uh, talking about different search and rescue uh, events. And, and we all got on, met new people. And the squadrons would sort of rotate the crews around every four years. And the guys that went before me was Daz Craig's crew. And on the last night before we left, the last they ever saw me at Kiel, before they moved it and sort of disbanded it, they... um. The guy said to me, he goes, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? I said, what do you mean, what are you going to do? They said, well, the the Royal Navy guys are just like mental. Just do stupid stunts at the end when when you're leaving. Because there's no air displays allowed in Germany, or certainly not at the time. You can't do any of that, but we would sort of budge our departure a bit. And I said, well, what did Daz do? And they said, well, they disappeared off and then they came back around and all of the crew, but mostly we could just spot Daz from his big hairy backside sticking out the cargo door, like completely naked (laughs) ass sticking out the cargo door when they were trying to do their Mexican wave to wave them off. And I was like, okay. So the next morning came about and I was like, I'm going to have to outdo Daz Craig's big hairy ass. And so (laughs) we launched, there was only two pilots and me and a couple of engineers who were like a ride along. We'd had a great weekend and we departed and we went out to sea. And the guys that were all lined up, all the rest of the aircrew, were really disappointed because they were just going to give us this big wave off. And I said to the pilot, right, get out of your seat, left-hand seat pilot, get out of your seat, get down the back, put him on a dispatcher harness. He was really uncomfortable. And I said, that's down on the winch, that's up. Don't get it wrong. And Pat Kirkham was my flying pilot. He was ace. And I said, I want 20 feet, 20 knots. I got onto the winch wire, got the, door, got the door open, got onto the winch wire. He turned around, went back around for a 20 knot, 20 foot but, And uh, Keel was right on the water's edge. So the guys are lined up going, oh, they're coming back, they're coming back. And I got the pilot to winch me out on comms initially because I didn't trust him until my comms <laughs> were off. And I did, you know, I did have a helmet on obviously, but I did a naked Superman fly past all the way down. <laughs> the uh, keel, and I can say that now I've left and, uh, <laughs> and the rest of it, and they couldn't do their Mexican wave because they were killing themselves with laughter, um, and uh, so that's, that's me and Daz's relationship in in some respects, I, t- I try to oh, like, it. I
0: I can't wait to talk to him about this, I'm so yeah.
1: excited, that's <laughs> that's
0: oh awesome. that's great, Daz, I, I can't wait to talk to you about it, just so you know, <laughs> jay thanks for sharing that story man that's that is hilarious
1: i could tell you loads more about him but probably another he, podcast entirely he Any would be
0: so mad at me right now if we like i mean because all this is being recorded so he'd be like no no he'll deny it deny deny once <laughs> it's uh, recorded it's recorded <laughs> oh that's freaking hilarious all right jay i'll tell you what man if you don't mind bring us into a little bit of you what brought you into the Royal Navy? What brought you into search and rescue? Like, how, how did all that happen? It's a, little, a little bit of background about you.
1: It kind of just happened. I was, I was always going to join the Royal Navy. Um, I nearly went in the submarine service. We had a ride on a submarine, dived and snorted as a cadet. It wow. was amazing. It was the last operational UK diesel electric submarine. So this must have been about 1989, 1990. So, and, and it was crazy, and, but it put me off for life because it was like a black Smarty tube, you know, the sweets, yeah. and, and it went underwater and there was no room, no nothing, that hot, <laughs> hot bunking. I was like, oh, yeah. nah, let's do something more exciting. And I went in the careers office and I said, helicopters, that looks like good mm-hmm. fun. So I went in as, a, as an engineer, as a mechanic on the Sea Kings Mark IVs. Did uh, about six, seven years um, on what we call the jungly Circuit on uh, 707, 845, 846 um, Naval Air Squadrons. Great fun. You know, went, went to Norway, did Arctic Survival, went to Bosnia during the conflict. Uh, we did, I did four tours out there. And then I wow. seen the guys hanging out the door. And I said, who the they? And They went, Oh, they're the crewmen. And I said, That that's way more fun. I'm gonna do that. And so that was the process then. I had a long process to go through lots of hoops, medicals, and you know, examinations and trials and and all the rest of it. And and yeah, popped out the other end at RNS Coldrose in Cornwall. And I'm still here in sunny Cornwall, never left. Nice, nice. And as a as an anti-submarine warfare. And a crewman on the mark six seeking so yeah wow That's the
0: so I, define a little bit of a crewman for me I, and i'm only asking that because i, I know like, you got to understand as most people know i was u.s coast guard so a crewman to me is either a rescue swimmer or a hoist operator like the flight neck right the flight neck yeah. does all the maintenance stuff on the aircraft and then the the ACs or the asts or the rescue swimmers we do all the survival <laughs> items Um, What do you guys do as crewmen?
1: Yeah, so um, a little bit of a different construct. And I've seen how you guys operate in Savannah, Georgia there. Uh, And so we don't have a flight mech. So uh, we would fly with uh, two pilots. And then there would be an observer normally and a crewman. An air crewman is the full title. And the air crewman is the sonar expert. So if we're going back to Seekings, the sonar expert, passive and active sonar. But then would also generally be uh, either the guy on the rescue winch as the sort of rescue man, but not in search and rescue. You know, I'm talking outside of search and rescue per se. Um, and the observer would be doing the uh, hoist operations generally, or that could be switched around as well. And we would also do cabin gunning, uh, load lifting, and 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 pretty much anything else you could throw in the mix. That expanded and developed with the replacement to that, which is the Merlin Mark 1 and now Mark 2. Cool. And so you're a sensor operator. You do sonar, passive and active, EW, um radar, you know, data link, load lifting, uh rescuing, uh, fast roping, cabin gun. Wow. <laughs> pretty much everything wow. the aircraft can do. So that's brilliant. And like I said to you earlier, I've switched a couple of times between anti-submarine warfare, hunting submarines, and search and rescue. In the search and rescue role, when I came into it, yeah, it was, uh, again, two pilots, an observer and uh, an air crewman. And the air crewman could be the winch op or could be the winch man, as we call them then. And then we had another specialization that if you'd already qualified as, um, as a ship's diver, so guys that go out and search the ships for mines and uh, do tests and stuff which quite a few of us have done as a as an additional ad qual um then you could go f- and you were on search and rescue you could, could then be trained as a search and rescue diver which is where and i ended up. wow yeah yeah all
0: right so after you've done everything to be a crewman yeah then yeah. you get into rescue diver
1: yeah so what does that you do entail roles so you you'd be a crewman anyway and you'd practice all of those roles but you have the extra tools in the box to be a, a crew um a uh, diver search and rescue diver which would either have a surface role or a subsurface role depending on the nature of the job and we train for for both of those so you're like a rescue swimmer in a yep. surface with fins snorkel and all that sort of stuff that you, you you would know and then otherwise you could jump from the aircraft uh day or night up to 40 feet above the water, which is quite high. <laughs> and, you need, and that's why the training course was nails, absolutely nails, because you have to get it right. You've got a twin set, dive set on your back. You get it wrong, it hurts. I smashed my front teeth out once. Oh, uh, my good yeah. Lord. So that it really Wait, hurts. Are you telling me you free
0: fall with two dive tanks strapped to your back?
1: Yeah, Definitely.
0: And you that know that's a little bit
1: crazy, right? Like, I know I'm not, a little bit crazy, but I <laughs> are not tethered, so it's a little bit. You know, the, the only reason the only reason the aircraft can see where you are is they look for your bubbles, which is oh my difficult. god. Yeah. so yeah, that was a, it was a good challenging job, which I miss. Yeah, you difficult. know what?
0: So I got to be honest with you. It's not something I expected. I did not expect to hear you guys were jumping at 40 feet with two scuba tanks.
1: Fully kitted yeah. out all the rest of the kit to go with it, yeah. Because you'd be wearing a rescue harness, obviously, the <laughs> man valve and, and all the rest of the gear, your knives, torches, wow. and anything else you need, yeah. So, depending on the nature of the job, you might take extra stuff with you, but yeah, damn. The only other people that I know, or it's
0: people, the only other country that I know that does, um, like divers like like that are you a single diver let me ask that question first you're the only guy when you go down you're one person or do you have a
1: buddy yeah Yeah, because you'd only ever have one in the aircraft yeah
0: okay so then the only other country that i know is belgium they do that they'll have but if i remember correctly they don't actually free fall out of the aircraft they'll they'll be hoisted in okay or winched in i'm sorry
1: i'm talking to the english guy over here winched
0: it's a winchman. it's a winch it's not a hoist. (laughs) i got it all right
1: Yeah, I know. The book says one thing and everyone else calls it something else, but you know, that's that's for
0: the record. Uh, in the 139, uh, the rotorcraft flight manual, it does say hoist.
1: Yeah, Uh, it does, it does in the the latest aircraft I'm teaching to my customer, but still call it a winch. No, it's not a winch, it's a hoist.
0: Oh, I'm just kidding, Jay. I'm just kidding. It so right? That's a that's another argument for another day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: All right. So I kind of another side question. With uh, some of the training, what was the training like for you guys for rescue swimmer and diver? Was it like within the same? Did you
1: or was it two separate uh yeah. courses? It's all within the same. So you, you've had an element of um quite a decent amount of, you had to have, you had to be a diver, you had to be a trained Royal Navy ships diver, which was an additional qualification, it wasn't your role, your branch as such, and um, to be fair, most of us did it because it was a challenge, and it brought extra money every month, so why why wouldn't you? Bonus. And most of our training, if we were based at Cold Rose, was going out on a rib and training in the the local area, which is amazing, so you're not necessarily always under a, a big dirty, smelly ship. So, so that was also a bonus. Um, so you've got, you've got, you got a good element of training behind you and you had to have 500 minimum of 500 open water minutes recorded to say you're at standard to go on your search and rescue divers course, go on your divers course. You had to do a two week beat up course to make sure you were fit enough to get on there sort of standard military stuff. And then it was relentless and I did mine in February, in Falmouth, on the docks, pretty much living out of a container. It was freezing cold, and it it was horrific from start <laughs> to finish. But good. You know, you, when you've done it, you know that you, you, you've joined a pretty elite team in the way that you've just been punished, and you've got through it. Because many haven't, you know, for different reasons, and it is good. good. So, but it was damn cold. Damn cold. So, you know, I've been...
0: Bit- if it makes you feel it really warms my heart hearing that
1: <laughs> yeah because you guys have done all that it's is similar but different you know it's just yeah, yeah you, you you look forward to getting beasted first thing to warm up so you're jumping off the side of the dock if the tide's in you're up at what we call a giraffe which is an aircraft lift so they would get it up to 20 foot 30 foot 40 foot you do so many jumps off of that up the ladder jumps and then you'd swim across the dock and once they beast beasted you doing that for an hour, you were warmed up, right? Wow. And then, and then you get a brief about, you know, as, as we move on, you know, you just get hammered with all that stuff and then basic routines and safety, equipment, and then you move into the diving phase where you do more diving stuff, more, you know, pitch black diving, uh, navigation under the water diving. You know, we go, we go to Horsey Island Lake in, um, in uh, Portsmouth, and you get getting loads of tasks. And the viz is almost zero there, which is quite interesting. And they've got things where you can swim in and do rescues, and they can see you doing it because you're like in a bubble. Uh, so Yeah, so it's good. And then and then you move on to the boat stuff. That, you know, you advance in your diving. And then you move on to the aircraft stuff where you're just pummeling the jumps, absolutely pummeling the jumps just to get you so many jumps in. So, you know, in the wow. surface role and in the, and the weighted role, what we call the weighted role, subsurface role. And then you're doing rescues on each other because there was, you know, do a minimum course of three, three or four. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, timeline wise. All right. So for me, it it was about, let's see, I, I got to think about this for a second now. Let's see. I, in I graduated in 2000. So in 1999 is when I, I went to my air station to start my rescue swimmer process um it was probably the fall of 2000 so maybe a year to a year and a half yeah about a year later
1: yeah
0: yeah Uh, it took all the way to get all the way through that what what's the timeline for you guys
1: ah okay so um we're already trained as crewmen which takes a couple of years to teach all those aspects you know when I went through, it was six months just on acoustic signatures of submarines.
0: Oh, so, wow. Yeah.
1: Dang. Before, before you even get to get, you know, see the aircraft, the helicopter, you're like in a classroom, learning it, audio, visual, you know, all the tracking, like Jonesy on the on the boat, right? Yeah, doing yeah. all that stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, and, and then you get into the flying aspect and you do your secondary roles, which was with 771, the sars squadron then doing all your load lifting and your um rescue uh, you know in water rescuing you know basic stuff on the winch wire and uh, we also used to do great stuff like uh gemini lifts boat lifts so you'd fly the boat out winch the crew into the boat they would start the engine and then you would release the boat as it was getting underway when you know with you this is quite cool oh that's badass man that's wicked cool The pickup was even more difficult, but you can imagine that bit. So they have to, wow. they have to come under, underneath the, the winch wire and the, and, the, and, the, and the hook, and we would lift them on their straps. So the strops are attached to the boat. They yeah. come in, attach the strops. And once we've got that, obviously the helmsman stays with the engine initially, yeah. and then you winch them out of the boat, and, and, the, and you tell the aircraft to lift their boat out of the water and fly away. So good, oh good fun stuff. All good fun stuff. That is so cool. <laughs> it was interesting oh, because, you know, we were talking earlier about how, how did I get into search and rescue and, you know, really, I think it was what you mentioned to start with, you know, it was the, it was the first time I was challenged in a sort of search and rescue role before I was trained specifically in search and rescue. that got me into oh, it.
0: this is kind of like your very first search and rescue case, isn't
1: it? That's right. That's, yeah. Uh, That's yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, yeah, so I was trained as a as a uh, as a crewman. It was my first uh, operational tour uh, outside of training. So I just joined my new squadron. We did a bit of a um, bit of a workup, you know. So yeah, you you've passed your driving test. Now we're going to teach you how to drive properly, like you know, <laughs> get in the aircraft, do things differently, <laughs> expand it. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm up with this. And that's how we went, and we were on, uh, and then all of a sudden, we're on the aircraft carrier, HMS Invincible, and we're heading down the Mediterranean, and as is normal, to split the task force, you know, up and do different things at the same time, uh, four of our aircraft on the squadron and me went on to what was RF, R, RFA, sorry, Fort George, and um, it was just an oiler tanker. And so, um, and we just split up doing different things. We had aircraft on the aircraft carrier still. They had the jets, the Harriers, on there as well. So it made more room and more sense. And then, middle of the night, I got a shake right down low in the bilges where our bunks were, and it was all—it was a huge mess deck in those days. And we had loads of engineers in there, and then the crewmen in one sort of side. And somebody shook me and said. Jay, get everybody up. There's a massive job on, massive SAR job, and I was like fast asleep. It's like one in the morning. Like, what? This <laughs> is a windup, right? And I really thought it was a windup. I was looking around, pitch black, everyone snoring. So I got my flying overalls on, got my socks on, and I ran around the corner. Nobody there. I ran upstairs to see who was winding me up because you know, like we were talking about earlier, messing about, playing jokes on each other. It was it was rife. So I was like, this is a wind-up. What's going on? I went all the way up into the briefing room, and there was about four people there starting to get this information in. And I said, what's going on? And they said, there's a ferry. It's gone over in the middle of the night. We're all launching everything. I said, what? You're joking. He said, there's 500 people in the water. Oh, my good Lord. I went, shit, 500 Right? And I legged it. I went down, I turned all the lights on, everyone moaned at me, I shouted, everyone get up, we're launching all the aircraft, and then everybody just flipped into that, right, this is real, and off we went. So, um, short story, you know, we're allowed to take oh, it. To
0: oh, no, 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 no! do not make this a short story. Okay. I want
1: <laughs> I want all the details, mate. you okay, got yeah, 500
0: go people in the water, are you kidding yeah, that's,
1: me? That's a big job, right? So. We got four aircraft, but you, you, just, you can't range all four at the same time because we only got two spots in the aircraft, on the deck, right? So they kind of, they were planning the cruise accordingly to who was best placed, had anybody been in the bar drinking, you know? And that was all of us, pretty much, not, not in the bar. Luckily, none of us had been in the bar. None of us drunk, don't know why, just wasn't. And it was Euro 2000 were on, so you, big football or soccer to you guys in the US. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I knew what you meant. Football, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I got it. Football, uh, it was Euro 2000. And so all the games, big games, on all the way through. Obviously, this is the middle of the night, so the games are finished, I, I thought, but maybe they were on replays or late games because we were not far off the Greek islands, so we were about an hour away. And we got the deal, and they said, oh, there's a ferry called the Express Semina, And it turns out the story has it might not be true, but the crew were watching the football earlier that evening (laughs) and left Roger the cabin boy uh, driving the ship. Might not be his real name. That's the rumor. Yeah, yeah. And and then at some point hit rocks, at Crocker Rocks, hold it and it turned over and sunk within 10 minutes. And there was 512 people in the water. Oh there weren't my. enough life jackets. There weren't enough lifeboats. It was one of those things they just never thought would happen, so they just put the minimal stuff in. So one by one, we got the aircraft spooled up, and off we went. Went straight to Invincible, refueled, and off we went. Now, in the book, I talk about a difficult journey that I had with my senior guy, my senior observer, he was, in, he was our manager, you know, of all of us. And 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 our relationship wasn't good because oh. I, I, I'd I gone and had an operation to get my sinuses drilled because I wanted to be a diver, you see, saw a diver. Okay. And he said no, and it caused a lot of friction. And I was crewed up with him, and I just thought, oh, man, how is this going to go? I've been on the shitty jobs list now for weeks. <laughs> uh, and to be honest, it, it, was the, it was the making of our relationship. And he is an ace guy, Chris Webb. Everyone will say the same. absolute top guy. So we refueled and launched and it was pitch black. And the sun was coming up. And, it you know, luckily, the, um, it was close to shore. And it turns out a lot of the um, village boats from all the villages, they'd all come out and just been pulling people out of the water. So we started oh, looking. Wow we were just airborne for hours and uh, chris put me down to many little islands where there was life rafts yeah. and it was weird eerie quiet still and just everyone's shoes left in a pool in each of these life rafts because that's what he told to do take shoes off but there was nobody there just life rafts and shoes so we carried on flying around And then we'd spot a life jacket or something floating and I'd get put down just to make sure there's nobody on it. It's like, no, nothing. And then the real deal started. Things started popping up and the sun was coming up and there was helicopters everywhere. So just before that, there was a group of survivors on the rocks and two of our aircraft on the uh, carrier had gone to them. And they were taking it in turns to pluck them off the rocks, but the waves were battering them. So people were getting lost one by one. And unfortunately also you could see that it was every, every man for his life. And he was pushed. They were pushing women and children out of the way to try and get rescued. So those guys had a real deal trying to get, uh, trying to get people off. But um, we were there in this sort of channel between all the islands and the water was flowing. And I made, I made, Two mistakes that day, or one one big one, which I'll put <laughs> I'll put out there now as advice to future guys. It was the med, right? So it was going to be lovely and warm. Yeah, it was nighttime. So I I decided not to go in my emergency and I went just in my overalls. Ooh. And it was cold. It was colder than I expected. And of course I didn't have any buoyancy, which was a real, real trouble, real slow yeah. for me. I was attached to the winch wire because I wouldn't train not to be, as search and rescue divers are. So I was on the winch wire, so the, the guys in the aircraft are obviously having to give me a bit of slack, not too much. And we spotted someone, and we went to the. It was a, he was a chef, and uh, you could see as we got closer, Chris winched me down to him. And for some reason, I just decided I'm going to take one rescue strop and what we call a grabit hook, which you can adjust, to, you know, attach to baggage or whatever you know
0: oh hey so I'm not actually familiar with that
1: yeah so we've got a grab it hooker in the the toolbox as such so I I took a grab it hook because I knew it was going to be difficult and it he looked dead and then this is really difficult when I replayed this story when I was writing the book the emotions came out for the first time and we're talking like 10 10 plus years later and that was the first time I've visited those emotions properly, uh, and that, that's hard to deal with. So, so I've learned from that, and it's it's good because talking talking about this stuff's good, right? Oh yeah. I spent I must have spent ten minutes in the water with the chef because he had chef whites on, you know, the checkered pants and yeah. white top, uh, fighting with him because he was locked solid in that position trying to keep himself warm and had died that way. And so he was completely, you know, frozen, sort like that. Trying to get a rescue stroke on somebody like that. It feels like they're fighting you because their arms keep coming back. Um, and that was hard work. And, and what I really remember vividly, which was really awkward, was his eyes were open. And the seawater makes their, people's eyes go completely black. So it was like something out of a horror movie. And, you know, I've dealt with it since by talking about it. But... It was a challenge. And bearing in mind, I've never been trained in this. I've, I've been trained to do winching and, and taking people out of the water. Right. But this, isn't, this isn't dedicated style, right? so right? So I'm dealing with it because the adrenaline's going. I'm kicking my legs, no fins, like, you know, the proverbial duck or swan giving it loads <laughs> just to try, try and stay afloat and, and, and keep this guy uh, and get him in a strop. I've got the grabber hook on his belt. Told Chris, give him the thumbs up and said, winch me up. We got to the door and I could realize his belt was about to snap. We got him in the door. Thank goodness. Oh, wow. and got him in the aircraft. And as soon as we'd done that, one of the pilots said, there's another one. And so straight back down, another one. Got a big lady in the aircraft. Had to redress her. Then there was another one. Again, three, four. Okay, guys, we're full now. These guys are in the back of the back of the aircraft, and and as you might know, there was, I've got four guy, people in the back. They're way beyond resuscitation. Hadn't really been taught resuscitation those days. Yeah, and of course, and again, like a horror movie, they're just frothing at the mouth with the vibration of the the sea king, and and of course they're full of seawater. So that, that was my introduction to search and rescue <laughs> and oh, a harsh reply. Um, yeah. For some reason I wanted to go and do more of it. Um, All <laughs> oh, right, let's talk about it doesn't turn out that way. So yeah, so that that was um, it kind of it was emotional. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing that was emotional. Uh, and I have a little bit of a regret about it, was when I got back, the aircraft carrier was brilliant. It turned itself from warship into you know a recovery humanitarian ship. so all of the galleys were open for these survivors that have been bring, brought back on board to process them, check them medically, reclothe them, feed them. and one of the best parts of all of this, because we kept going back out and bringing more dead bodies back in was repatriating those people. Um... but on my first return to the ship, we had our engineers come to us and go refuel the aircraft and like, yeah, we're going again. They gave us some food, which was really welcome. And one of the guys had looked at me. I remember him stopping absolutely dead in his shoes, stuck there, just staring at me. And I was like, okay. And we're busy and we're moving people, putting them into body bags, taking them out in structures, re-rolling the aircraft, getting the water out the back to go again. And, um, and I remember that moment only because I've looked back at it. And it turns out, some 10, 12 years later, I met him in a bar in a local in Helston, And he said, I was totally fucked up, Jay. after that. Totally fucked up. It, it's messed my life up. I had to leave the forces. And I was like, why? You know, was it the dead bodies? What was it? And he's like, he said, all of that, but you were just covered in blood. Your whole overalls oh, were covered wow. in blood. And it just fucked my head up. I was like, mate, no, I wish you'd talked to me. They said it was flare paint. All of these, these people have gone in the water with flares. And it was on the surface. It was on them. It was just flare paint. And, yeah, oh, and it took 12 no years way. for me to have that conversation with him by chance. And he said, you know, it's cost me my, my. He, he couldn't get over it. It cost him his, his marriage or his relationship. He, he left the services. You know, he just couldn't focus. Just had this. Haunting. I was like, oh I wish you'd come see me. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So the best bit was repatriating them and then learning a lot of lessons along the way. So, but my advice would be, think about the water temperature and buoyancy because like buoyancy, <laughs> it's tough, right? A, yeah. a wetsuit wet gives you buoyancy. rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, man! Yes. What a what an introduction to search and rescue.
1: Holy smoke. There was some good stuff done that day. We had, um, we had other aircraft. We had um, Hercules flying over, doing recce and spotting and stuff. We had a Lynx from one of our ships as well. From the And, and the, the guy in the back of that is an engineer that's just trained in basic stuff, Take my hat off to him. We, we, there was like four of us in a row, all lined up, pulling dead bodies out, uh, you know, down this channel between the islands. And you could see the links and the um and the links got the uh the children and stuff and, and you know so you know that was heartbreaking at times yeah that's tough but it wasn't me but you know those guys so yeah they did a great job as well yeah so that was an interesting uh, introduction
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow you know i let me let me circle back real quick to your buddy that you met in the bar you know and and having that it's something. We I actually talk about it quite a bit here and, and other guests that have come on. You know when you get back from a case like that or or something that you just sit down and talk about it, like even if you've got the question. And I'm on board. And now that you've told them, like, no, it was not blood. It was, flare pen. It was the. It was like a sea dye, like a red sea. Yeah. Is that? I mean, I I know green sea dye marker. Is that? I assume this is no
1: it was they'd gone in the water with actual flares to try and you know if they'd heard anyone just to see but you know i mean from the flares that we used to jump with we'd have a a day and night flare so you'd have a smoke on one end and you'd have a phosphorus hot burn one and i think that's what they'd had yeah so they'd sent up a hot phosphorus and then the, you know, the paint, the smoke, whatever it is, yeah, it was all just there and all around them and on them. So,
0: yeah. And he just got all over you and and he took it totally as something yeah, different it was, that wasn't... All he's
1: seeing is, is body bags and, and people yeah. putting people in body bags and then me, yeah, and it just messed him up and it's just such a shame because at least we had that conversation but, you know, it's just 10, 12 years too late. Yeah,
0: wow. Yeah, wow.
1: yeah I'm all about yeah. it.
0: Talk about stuff like that. Sit down well, yeah. and debriefing you'll,
1: you'll laugh because in those days there was there was nothing in place protocol wise uh for us and um you know all the guys were involved all doing the same sort of stuff but um we um yeah we got invited into uh, the senior rates mess and the, the chaplain the the bish as we call him came over from the aircraft carrier and we kind of just got pissed up yeah <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not sure there was much talking about the job, but you know, it was a it was a stress relief, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dang, man. I was a young man, then as well, right? So yeah. Like, what happened there?
0: <laughs> Dang. Well, thanks for sharing that, man. That's, uh, that's one heck of a way to get into search and
1: rescue. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the captain the captain uh, of that vessel went to prison. And uh, he actually killed himself because I think oh. it was uh, seventy-nine people died because because of the whole the whole thing. So yeah, well, he was number seventy-nine. I think it was seventy-eight died that night. So yeah. Oh. Sorry, the dog's barking. <laughs> Jeez, cool, oh, right. man. Moving on to all right. <laughs> <friends> <laughs> okay.
0: Oh man, all right. So I'll tell you what that was. See that was your very first rescue, um, yeah. which was, and you were not qualified. After further qualifications, and and finally actually standing duty and on call as a rescue technician. I'm going to call it technician. Yeah,
1: I mean, Crooman, which, technician. Crewman, winter, yeah.
0: crewman, all of the above. Yeah. What was that? Because you had a first one there too, didn't you?
1: Yeah. So you, you know you you uh, you do all your training course, and you're kind of am I ready? Aren't I ready? And you, and it was thorough. It was, a, it was, it was cliffs. It was, you know, uh, people in the water. It was people off of boats. It was people off of yachts. It was, you know, every scenario that they could get in the training, which, cause you could be called to any of them. And then your final phase check is, is, is thorough. They get all the agencies involved, you know, coast guard, lifeboat, uh, the local boat that we used to use, part of a, the, the air station, you know, all these scenarios to test you. And you had no idea. You just get like for real job, but called. So you're shadowing people and then, then you let loose, right? And you're on your own. And it's like my first job, I'm pretty sure it's my first job. It was three in the morning. Great. Because we did 25 <laughs> shifts in, sleep, in the porter cabin at the back and I was with a guy called Gav Renault. and um, he was a really nice guy, and he was my winch op, right? And it was for an injured sailor on, uh, on a fishing boat, so an, an injured fisherman on a foreign boat. So you've got the language barrier. We're like 250 miles out at sea. So we've, so we've got islands that are about 30 miles away 35 miles away called the Isles of Scilly, which are beautiful. We'd hop on there. Gravity refuel the seeking, which took forever. If you could get the Bowser driver out at stupid o'clock. And then off we go into the into the Bondu. And we got there. Wait, into the what? Into the Bondu, into the into What the, the hell's a Bondu? Do? I don't know. It's just the just the name for the <laughs> The nothingness into the, oh, the
0: nothing. Okay. It's the black. Dude, I'm American, bro. I I don't know all these little. No, you're not Justin. I'm. I'm educating <laughs>
1: you in, in the English language, which is the proper up. English. The proper <laughs> English. I no, got proper English. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: English, yeah. uh, yeah, The bondu so the
0: Bondu, All right, out in the bondu out in the abyss, out in the, the blank yeah, of nothing. The
1: got it. Yeah, love that. <laughs> there's nothing there, right? It's it's pitch black and it's sea state ridiculous. And um, this this fishing boat is. We've got him on course. We've got him slow down. Got him so where where we want him, which is was a challenge. And I was on the wire. With just the lights above me from the aircraft. And the bow is pitching, it's pitching. And there just doesn't seem to be that moment, that quiescent moment we're all waiting for, where Gab's just got five seconds to get me over the boat, bang on the boat and release, right? And it's just that I'm there for 20 minutes. Holy it seemed like and in those days, it was before we had comms where you could talk to the aircraft and vice versa. So I have nothing, I have nothing but the noise of the aircraft above me, the crashing of the waves and the boat just next to me. And we're just there, I'm just there for 20 minutes, waiting, waiting, getting winched up, getting winched down, winched up, winched down. I'm like, oh. And as that moment I went, what am I doing here? What what have I signed up to? This is ridiculous. I am going to get so smashed up in a minute. This is not going to end well. I've been here forever. This is not what I thought it was going to be. And then in that moment, it was like, right, there's your moment as I'm having these thoughts. And yeah, right, smash, smash, I'm on the deck, I'm on the forecastle. And it's like, oh,
0: bit of ribs. Yeah, okay,
1: yeah. unclip, get the winch wire safe. Okay, that's gone. Grab a handhold and then just sort yourself out. And then there's this like monstrous guy just staring at me. Waving his hands and telling me where 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 the casualty was. So, um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I've got a similar story actually, which I could tell you later. But that, that it didn't go so well. Didn't go so well.
0: Yeah, going out and okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you can tell me now. I'm okay with that too. Well, like, um, wait a minute, was, hold on. Actually, before we get into that, what was the matter with the casualty? Not a lot. <laughs>
1: I mean, so, so you're yeah.
0: in like monster waves boat yeah. just pitching and rolling hanging yeah. for like 20 minutes you get yeah. on deck and they're like what's up dude
1: yeah it's hey. like uh that um it was lost in translation i think so because they go through the french coast guard french to UK, okay. coast guard, they scramble the last by the time it's like chinese whispers this guy's like missing an arm so you get there <laughs> yeah you're waiting to get all your medical equipment down with you but you just go and assess the casualty first just to make sure and uh, yeah didn't need all the medical equipment but,
0: he uh, comes walking out he's like hey yeah. what's up? Ooh, i'm see yeah right.
1: so oh man yeah 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 and that's that's quite annoying that's the bit where you go jesus i've just nearly smashed myself up not a lot you know, do you need to go? Probably not. Maybe, you know. yeah. Have you got a passport? All, all in my very imperfect French. Yeah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, was a, that was a little bit of an emotional first job and made me query whether I'd gone down the right route there. <laughs> but everyone was safe and, and well. Uh, I've got a, a funny story just popped to, I'll tell you after we talk about the Napoli. Because uh, it was a consequence of the Napoli.
0: Okay. Uh, the Nab- Napoli is the one that you're in the uh, the gallantry medal, yeah? Yes. Yeah. So
1: okay. that kind of um, that got quite a bit of PR. So Well, that, hold
0: on, I'm not I don't want to go into that one yet, because you just mentioned you had another one that didn't turn out so well in big C's.
1: Ah, uh, so there's yeah, there's there's two. There's two? One was uh, I didn't mention this earlier, sorry. I love this. I absolutely do, I love this. Coming, it's all coming out. So the one that really really didn't go well, uh, it, yeah, it was it was really bad. And um, there was some there were some bad decisions or not some or some not very wise decisions. So uh, nighttime fisherman got his bollocks caught in a wrench. Can you imagine how, I mean, I can't oh, imagine God. how it is, you know, I, it's not going to be good. Um, we get out, to, and it was on the south coast, but it was lumpy. It was nasty. It was about 40 miles south of Plymouth, something like that. We get out. There's two guys, it turns out, on a British trawler, so at least they spoke British, uh, English. And, um <laughs> Uh, yeah. Is that like uh, speaking American? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, I just playing to your international audience. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, forget myself. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah. So he speaks and, British. I got it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, good on him <laughs> So And we get set up for this, and we decided, and so the guy who was in charge, right, was taking another observer who was shadowing him and it was a job so he'd done loads of training and he said i want you to be the wind shop i'll be ready and it's a real job right so we're on this job and i'm like right okay so how is this going to work because it's so rough this little trawler it's just getting smashed by these big waves and we're trying to work out the wind versus the tide versus the swell as you do to get the right orientation and he insisted on putting the trawler down sea. And I said, okay, right, get it. We're into wind, they're down sea. But the split off is going to be quick, right? It's going to be really emotional. If, if, you, if it doesn't go right or loses visuals, you're gone. Yeah. No time for error. And anyway, we got the rescue equipment down to the boat and he wouldn't put me down on the boat. He said, it's too, too dangerous. And I said, put me next to the deck and then we'll make an assessment. And he said, no. And this guy had cut, this guy who was in charge, cut corners on his training already. And now he's in charge. And I've been on the squadron a few years and he wasn't listening to me. So we've Got given it. him rescue equipment and we've tried to give him some information over the radio. And I'm thinking, this is bad. This is a bad choice. We're hoping he's going to be properly dressed and that he's going to get in the rescue strop correctly and he's going to get himself off the boat correctly without any assistance. I mean, this is not a good idea. And we've got the aircraft into wind and the boat down sea. And uh, guess what? It didn't go well. So the guy who was winching did a really good job, Tony, because he was working really hard. But he had no experience in this because he was new. And the line went taut really quickly. And this fishing boat had a huge, uh, for a, for a small boat, had a really high, Stern um fencing, you know, uh whatever you call it, I can't think of the words, but you know, around so, really uh, high. yeah, the railings that go Hard around railing. the edge. Yeah, the railings yeah, okay. are really high. And yeah. so I guess maybe to the the guy's shoulder. So he's already in a bad way. This guy, he's now dressed ready. The boat says, Yeah, the skipper's on the wheelhouse, so he's on his own, he's attached, and then of course. The con wasn't quick enough, I don't think. The boat and the aircraft start to split. The line went. The rescue winch line went taut immediately. And he went up and into the railing before anything else. Oh, at which God. point, Tony, the observer, went for the cut cable. I went for it. My hand got to his, pretty much on top of his at the same time. And we had to cut the cable and the guy was face down in the water. Oh. The, of the night in three meter waves so the boat's gone the aircraft's come to the hover the skipper is screaming over the radio and do you know what saved that man's life because he didn't die luckily um was the fact that before we put the winch hook out i said what well, don't forget the silo you know the glow stick yeah I said we need a glow stick on the end of the winch hook so we know where it is etc etc and the only reason we found him was when we were looking, I could see the glow stick about 40 units away from me in the two o'clock. And that's how we found him in the blackness. And he was floating like that. And we thought, Christ, we killed him. And then we got to him and we threw a backpack life jacket, life lifeboat that we carried okay. on a highlight, chucked it out to him, and he got to it, and his hand came out and thought he's still breathing. And we had to then get the boat back in and we only had one winch, one hoist. So ours was gone. We're going to aircraft change now. They, luckily they got the guy got him back in the in the boat, now even more battered. Oh
0: my goodness. And
1: um he was okay in the end, which was good news. Uh, there was an investigation, obviously, you know. And you know, it was no one's fault, but there there were some there was some decision that weren't weren't the best, in my view. Wow. Some might argue that, but. And the other one I was going to tell you about was when people say to me about the Napoli, Christ, you know, that, that's, that's emotional, Jay, right? And I was like, yeah, it was emotional. That must be your hardest job. I'm like, no way. No way. It was another fishing boat, middle of the night, 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock, 200 miles out of sea. I'm seeing a morning.
0: pattern here with you, Jay. Yeah. They're
1: all at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. What the hell? It's seasonal. It's seasonal. It's like the winter jobs, are all long-range boats, middle of the night, middle of nowhere normally foreign fishermen. And um I went out there and we, we did take a few minutes to get me on to the boat, but it was absolutely horrendous conditions. Blowing a hoolie, the sea state was massive, the trawler was just up and down, up and down. And I thought, this is going to hurt. This is really, really going to hurt. And the my observer, he got me on the boat well, I got absolutely smudged. I got myself off the winch hook, set that free because we only got what winch. So you make sure that's clear, right? And safe. Oh, yeah. that's, that's your exit. And um, I got absolutely smashed up. I thought I'd broken all my ribs because the boat came up and met me. I was just, you know, just adrenaline gets you over that. And in the next breath, a massive wave came over the bow and I went down the boat and, and out through the railings. So oh my god! huge sea. It's in the middle of nowhere, there's no light. The, the only light really is coming from the aircraft, which is at the bow, which is now backed away to get safe and keep the noise away and give me time to think and get on with the job. And I'm gone. And I've gone down this trawler and I'm gone off the back with the water. And at the last minute, i have caught the guardrails and I was hanging. Off the back of the boat, or by the guardrails absolutely oh sure, dude out. with broken ribs is what i'm thinking as well going oh, this is not going well it's really not going well and it took me all my energy just to get myself back on and like oh jesus i'm now the casualty and i'm like, absolutely absolutely in bits and I, you know so i'm thinking i hate to see the casualty now because the we've got to get somebody else off and uh really i mean i was I, you just got to put your game face on right so recover recovered myself waited for my moment got into the wheelhouse and this guy uh, um i think if i remember rightly had a pretty smashed up hand he's got like gone through a winch or ropes and everything he's he was and he'd done his leg in or something along those lines he was he was in bad shape which is okay right so it yeah. made it worthwhile rather than the other guy who had a cut finger or something, right? So I'm <laughs> thinking, okay, okay, I can deal with this. And then we had to stretcher him off the bag. So again, emotional, emotional. But easier really coming off than going getting on. Because uh, I had a high line so I could control the stretcher going off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um yeah, that was that was like really one of my hardest results because I had to get him from the wheel hangers, I had to receive the stretcher. So they'll get, they've get got their highline in know to receive the stretcher and then give this highline and the hook back, right? And then again, yeah. one of the crew, he's got to manage the highline. I'm talking in my pigeon French, like, don't tie it on. Don't let it go. Just like, they'll work it. Just take in the slack. Just stay there. Don't move. Somebody else, hold on to this. Hold on to the stretcher. Right, anybody else left? Can I get the, the casualty in the stretcher whilst the, the boat's giving it one of these, you know. Oh,
0: so, down. Big
1: splash over Yeah, I, I, I haven't got any video of any of that, but I've got a really good video of when we did a when we did a ferry rescue in monstrous seas because uh, we had a cameraman with us. So I'll send you that another day or tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But, so that's that's like that's that's when that's that was the hardest one really because you're just like a one man band trying to do everything in ridiculous darkness and. A different language and with people who are just you know they're holding on for their lives as well in sea state that you can't you can't do anything about because it's you know gotta get this guy oh. gone so yeah holy yeah. shit yeah shitting myself you was. almost got washed off the boat I know I did held <laughs> on by my fingernails nearly yeah so yeah oh it was a mm. well, I had a similar moment in the Napoli, to be honest. Yeah so and that I, you know what can we
0: that's the one that's the one you're in the metal yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so yeah. I, I out of care this last one that you just talked about you, broken ribs were they broken
1: no uh, oh <laughs> they, they weren't because i wouldn't be flying again for weeks and weeks and weeks so they were they were just bruised right they were just bruised I'm quote not, unquote I'm okay i'm okay <laughs> Okay. You sure you look like you got broken ribs now. <laughs> I was always that guy. Only went to the sick bay once a year for a medical. Never ever. again. I'm like, yeah, I'm fit. Yeah, I'm fit. Just get me flying. Yeah. Still fit, All right? Let's go.
0: I feel so, you. Yeah. I, I, you and me, we're we're cut from the same cloth on that one. I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Are you hurt? No, nope. no. Nope. Put me Absolutely in coach. No. But... Nope. <laughs> Are nope. you hurt or injured? I'm only hurt. You can put me in. Injured? No. No, <laughs> oh,
1: hopefully not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, so oh, interesting man. times. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah the, the Napoli was a, just a, a monster. Uh,
0: well, right. all right, but before we get into the the Napoli, so this last one, that is, that's your hardest rescue that you've ever done, was was the, this last one.
1: Uh, yeah, I, in lots of ways, Yeah, yeah. But what, out
0: of curiosity, knowing everything that you know now, what would you have done anything different that
1: day? No, nah, there's nothing I could have done different. I think no? there was just nothing, you know. Maybe grab the grab the rail at the forecastle quicker. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it, obviously. I I went backwards. I went down and a half pretty damn quick. But it was like like that. So as soon as I'd hit the deck, the you know the deck had come up to see me so there was yeah at least the wind shook and as i had done that it pitched down and that's when the bow wave came over so it was all in an instant so yeah i'm real so i was lucky not to go for a swim that day but i have no. had, to, um, had to jump off a, a massive yacht to get rescued myself because it was just too dangerous to do it on a yacht that was unmanned by them because you know i'd taken the crew off and it was a quite a big yacht and yeah, yeah. So you've got to just jump in the water and then get rescued. But it was daytime. So pff, it's all right. Isn't
0: it? Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about getting in the water. I think getting in the water is actually easier than doing so, it off a boat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. I, I don't know if other people would argue with me. You know what, though? I'm not a pilot. So I, I can't speak for pilot perspective, but for a, or a rescue guy, a Rescue Stormer, man, you're, well, you're we, now out of entanglement
1: hell. Yeah. And we're so, in the water and we got the gear. The difficult yeah. thing I find is trying to encourage people that are in really like beaten up yachts. Yeah, that it's just you know it's, g- it's going to be the worst way of trying to get in. there. If they haven't got a dinghy or something, it's like okay, the, the best way you can do is dress you to survive and get in the water. You'll yeah. be in there for no time at all, <laughs> and you'll be in the helicopter. And they're like, no way. Yeah, do you want me to do what? You want me to get yeah. in the water? No, yeah, <laughs> rescue you from the boat because that's the bad stuff. <laughs> Listen, I'm in that safe place. I'm like, yeah, yeah I know, but this is just gonna work better and you're gonna be safer. Nah, not doing it. Okay. <laughs> let's see if I can let's see if I can help you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me let me help <laughs> push you. Let we'll me entice you, yeah. <laughs> okay. and then, I'm not- that happened in the Napoli, uh, which just had to happen. Uh, you
0: know what? You, we've mentioned this a couple of times. Let's let's get into that a little bit now. Before you start talking about it, I I gotta, because this is what I love to do. Um, you got a medal for this. Um, I don't actually have the write up for the medal, but what I do have is BBC News. They they did a really nice write up, uh, right here for that whole rescue. Um. Uh, let me read it, and and then, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting the backstory of this. So, this is the BBC News article dated 10 October 2007, uh, titled, Medal Awarded to Napoli Rescuer. The Cornwall-based Royal Navy officer who helped rescue a container ship's crew in a severe storm has been awarded the Queen's Gallantry Medal. Pedester J. O'Donnell was winched down from an RNAS, which is Royal Navy Air Station, Kaldros helicopter to a life raft to save 26 crewmen of the stricken MSC Napoli. The ship had been holed and it was taking on water in the English Channel. The ship was later grounded off the East Devon coast before being broken up by salvagers. When they arrived on scene on 18 January, the helicopter crew from R.N.A.S. Kuldras knew they were in for a tough operation. Spray whipped up by the gale force winds lashed rescuers and crewmen as the life raft was thrown about by huge waves. One helicopter broke two lines before the winch line was attached to the raft. Donning full dive kit, Officer Donald was lowered into the sea before swimming to the life raft. Then he spent 90 minutes securing each of the crewmen to the line so that they could be winched to the helicopters. Pedestero O'Donnell's citation read, Despite the appalling conditions, he displayed great courage and determination. O'Donnell remained undeterred and calm throughout. Pedestero O'Donnell, 33, from Camborne, said after his investor by the Queen at Buckingham Palace, Quote, It was difficult to get on the life raft, end quote. Quote, both crews did really, really well. It was a massive team effort. It's really nice to be recognized. It's not something you think about when you go to do it. You just focus on the job, end quote. The rescued crew were taken back to RNS, R-N-A-S, cultures suffering from hypothermia, extreme vomiting, and seasickness. Yeah. jay what <laughs> yeah. that that is that's awesome so 26 people boat yeah. taking on water goes aground gets all busted up these guys are in the raft you're going in
1: holy yeah. cow uh yeah it was it was uh it was it was emotional thinking back at it but the adrenaline just kind of just pushes you through and uh I'll tell you you the longer story, if you like. Yes, please. Uh, 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 Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was actually going off shift. I'd done a 24-hour stint. Uh, We'd had a couple of call-outs, nothing in the middle of the night, thank God. And, um, yeah, I was going off shift, and uh, the guy said, look, we want to go and do some some training, so the non-divers – also had a currency where they had to do diver drops so they would have to chuck me out and recover me surface or subsurface it didn't matter um but we had to do diver drops and i said and they, and they wanted to do some wet winching training in falmouth harbor and i and to get the currencies in and i was a diver right and they said do you mind hanging on and i was like nah, no that's fine i said i'll trade you off right so i'll do that for you duty crew and all that uh but instead of taking both my dive sets out of the the first aircraft, because we had two two aircraft, the first and the standby, the first and the second. I said, uh, "I just can I leave one in and I'll just take my bag and my other dive set out because I'm on tomorrow. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine, trade off. Nice, perfect. Because so, I don't have to lump the other dive set. I know it's intact. We do checks up the yin-yang, day, night, you know. So that was all cool. Um, and, and then you realised that, Jesus, the weather's blowing up outside a bit. And uh yeah, and then we'd have the Met coming in. It's like, oh, it's coming in. It's coming in. You guys, if you need to go and do some winching in Falmouth, you better do it like now, because otherwise it ain't happening. I'm like, I don't think it's happening full stop. It's <laughs> really getting up. And then you start to hear the radio bubbling up, right? There's stuff going on the radio that's like on the on the on the channel zero on the Coast Guard radio. Okay, ah, so it's not a non-public channel, secure channel, right? Right, okay. And then you hear a bit of whispers. I'm not in that mix because I'm. I've done all my equipment checks. I've done this and that. I've got my stuff squared away, ready for tomorrow, and I'm just ready to go. And I'm like, is this? There's people starting to move about a bit now. And I was like, and it was a normal working day. So we had a big squadron-ish, eight aircraft. So There was other training, other people in. So there we are thinking, I'm thinking, what's Something's going on? There's a job coming in. There's a job coming in. and i heard rumors there's people in the water, this, that, and the rest of it. And then I hear there's 26 people in the water. I'm like, I know there's not another diver in the, in the squadron right now. So I go to you're the you You're the only guy there. I'm the only diver, yeah. So I'm like, same guy, right, is in charge of this, the first aircraft who's the guy in the job I talked about where we cut the cable, all right? Oh, okay. So I go to him and I said, right, look, I hear you've got 26 people in the water. Do you want to take me as a diver or, or what? You know, cause that's your extra, you know, your extra tool in the box. And he went, no, and you can get that fucking dive kit out of my aircraft immediately. I was like, what? no way. He goes, get your shit out of my aircraft. I ain't got time or space. For that crap i was like wow great uh okay so and he went now so i was like so i legged it downstairs and they're they're spooling the aircraft up right so the pilots in there flashing up everything's cocked ready to go because it's the first aircraft you know see it's minutes before you're off the deck so i'm getting there as they're spooling the aircraft up and whipping the dive set out and I plunk it on the grass on the edge of the hard standing as somebody grabbed me then and says, Jay, what are you doing? And I said, I thought I was going in the first, but they don't want me. And he goes, I want you. Get in the second aircraft. We're launching. I'm like, right on. I'm getting that and then we had a chat and he goes, Oh, well, maybe you can come instead of the crewman. I said, No way. He said, We're taking the crewman as well. It's, his, it's his, his crew. It's your crew. You're a crew together. And, and you know, I'm a, an additional. So and he's like, yeah, okay, let's do that. I said, right, I'm going to put a dive set in because I don't know what the, what it is. You know, yeah. I'm going to put my dive bag in so I can get changed and dive gear, etc. And he's like, yeah, cool. And off we went, maximum fuel, out to the middle of the English Channel. Now the funny bit was, uh, it was a like a, it was a race. It was a race to get out there because you got people in danger, obviously. But it was right on the FIR boundary between France and England. So it's like, <laughs> right, on the boundary, right, so we ain't going to let the French get this job. No, <laughs> 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 oh, but we'll go for it. And so they're probably saying the same. And they launched their super freelance. And, uh, and uh, you know, so we're going. We'll go for it. And I remember this chat on the way, and it was hilarious. And like, There's more details coming through on the radio. Uh, okay, they're in a life raft. I'm thinking, thank God for that. 26 people in the water. They'd just be everywhere, and, you know, it's more traumatic. Life raft. Okay, what's a hard one? Open top. 25-man life raft. You know, what is it? I don't, know, yeah. I don't know. And it was daylight. Brilliant. It was daylight. Thank God for that. But this huge storm came, was coming through. And I think it was called Krill or something similar to that. Krill. And uh, in the, when it hit the UK mainland, it, it was blowing down walls. People were get, uh, getting squashed by walls. The roof of the um, wow. massive cricket um, club stadium came off. Uh, and it was just damage everywhere in the UK. It was like big storm. So there's cricket the- is
0: a sport. It's a, it's a game. That's right, it's a bat and ball sport. You you guys don't get it. We call something good, we have something called baseball. So, not even like (laughs) (laughs) blew a roof off a cricket. Oh, a cricket. What (laughs) sorry, you You know how fun this conversation is for me. We'll give you a (laughs) hundred years
1: and you'll have something like cricket, but not called cricket. Yeah. That's right. You know, it's, it's <laughs> soccer, not football. What? Yeah, exactly. All that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I diverted. I
0: diverted. I digress. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we're 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 heading out and it's kind of foggy, low cloud, blowing a hoolie, you know, and we're racing for the job. So the first crew get there, and they're on scene and they report back it's a, a completely enclosed, hard top life raft. I've got the video. I'll show, show you the video. Yeah, heck um, yeah, please do. Yeah, it's good. And uh, the problem with the video is, you're looking down, it makes it look really flat. But I've got a video taken from a ship that tried to protect us, and that will show you what it was really like. And it's a bit like, I don't know, Perfect Storm or the Hollywood movies, where the ship goes up one side of the wave and then flicks and comes down the other. and you're like, nah, that doesn't happen. Well, it did that day um so we get there and we're burning holes in the sky as the second so we're their backup right so we're there for them and any other tools in the box that we can help with so and they're there and they actually i they actually snapped three of the four high lines trying to get the high line to the back of the boat was a little railing and a door and they snapped three and they like got one more left They're like this is not working and I'm stood in the doorway on dispatcher with Chuck, Chuck Norris, right? So, <laughs> yeah, not the real Chuck Norris. Yeah, I... <laughs> yeah it's called Chuck Norris because of that. And Chuck Norris has acknowledged that when it when the PR went, Chuck Norris sent him a message going, hey, you're the real Chuck Norris. You're the real danger guy. I'm just the guy on the camera. <laughs> this is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, my gosh. So me and Chuck are in the door and I'm going, Chuck, Get on the radio. Get on the radio. Tell them to get out of the way. I know how to do this. I'm the diver. I'm going to, I'm going to jump to this boat. I'm going to get winched down, but I can get to this boat. And he's going, Jay, calm down. Jay, I am said, so, you've got like 30 seconds because I'm getting on the radio. And I'm going to tell them to get the fuck out of the way because they're just wasting time. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, all right. And with that, they went, uh, Rescue 194. This is 193. Like, Roger, go ahead. And they're like, yeah, uh, we recommend you use your diver to uh, to assist the rescue <laughs> back off and and uh keep keep station like, on oh, at last at last i'll be going on for minutes so i'm dressed ready okay i'm already i'm already in my wetsuit i've had time to think about it do you know one of the hardest decisions because i knew that they were the royal navy was looking to get rid of the rescue divers right and i know where they rescue swimmers in the US are keen to be rescue divers as well, but that's never come about for lots of reasons, I'm sure. And it's an easy thing to turn it off, but to get it back or to start it is really hard. And I thought, Jay, if you jump to this boat, there's no other person who could have done that in these two crews that are here. And and, and only that, that branch, that specialization can do it, right? And yeah. so maybe it'll save the world of searching risky divers, which is a really small niche branch. And I'd like, to, I'd like to say the highest decorated branch in the Royal Navy. Wow. Look it up. There's some big medals out there, much bigger than mine. But anyway, I digress. So I'm like, I really want to jump, but the waves are massive. And you know what? It could be like the Guardian, you know, anything. You're just swimming and you're never going to get up that wave. You're never going to get to that boat. And I was really torn for, for a number of seconds of what do I do? I need to do what's best for those people on the boat. I said, we'll start with trying to winch me to it because it's going to be more precise. The high line doesn't work. I said, winch me to the back of the boat. And I'll try and get a grab of it, and then I'll release myself off the hook because the highline thing's not working because it's so rough and these people on there aren't trained. And they go, the crew said, yeah, okay. And uh, because we had an extra crew member, Chuck stood back. He said, I'll do the safety and coordinate like that. And Rad, who was my winchman who was going to get kicked out as such, you know, he did a really good job, I and mean, he, he was the winch hop. And um, Chuck filmed it. So that's where the film comes from. These films are it? so uh the waves were monstrous, so I got to the I got to the I got to the right height for a second and and I was too high, so I'm indicating down as soon as I'm indicating down I'm swimming. I'm on the wire, I'm underwater, and now I'm swimming, then I'm not, then I'm like thirty foot above the wave, and I'm like, oh, lower me down." So Radders is working really hard. The pilots are working really hard. Pull in a lot of power just to get above the wave and then follow it down. And like, and then they're, they're winching in, winching out. It's like, this is like a game of chess, you know, or in a jigsaw. It's like so monstrous. It's just so many variables. Anyway, I get to the back of the boat. I get a big handhold at the back of the boat and I'm on that guardrail and immediately disconnect myself, make sure it goes tight, release it, and that's it. Great. I'm here. I got on it. Woo! Right. <laughs> step so one, good, one complete good, good 10 15 minutes to get her right so then i'm swimming around the back of the boat didn't realize till afterwards so there's a prop turning so i missed that luckily oh man but they were beam. they would still beam on to these monstrous waves anyway so I get get to the side and there's like a small entrance between the the hull and the guardrails and I waited for a second and then the wave picked it up and I used that to help himself get on board. Get on board in my wetsuit, there's a big metal door swinging and a little face pokes out and he didn't look very happy. <laughs> but sure I, was told, I told it, it's French registered, so I'm on. I get on there, I've got my fins on. i mean, you know, my, my swimmer gear rather than no, no dive set. I did think about taking it, I so it was too bulky for a small platform. So I'm holding the door open, and I open the door open. I, hold, I was told it's French registered, so I was assuming the crew's French. So I stick my head in, and there's all these faces crammed into this really narrow, small, pulled boat. And I go, bonjour, ça va? <laughs> really like, jovial, <laughs> And they just stare, just stare. They're like, they're not, they're not happy. They're not happy. They're not in the mood for anything think they were maybe relieved to see me yeah but your joke did not go very far <laughs> yeah, i was kind of trying to you know communicate as well right and uh, no they didn't see the funny side of it not one bit and nobody oh, spoke english nobody true. spoke to me uh was a guy he had a, I was like radio radio and he's like radio so i was like i wanted comms with the aircraft i had a radio uh my radio died <laughs> oh <laughs> like, no radio died in the water. I was like, man, this is going to be hard. Get his radio. No, nah, couldn't use it. And none of them spoke English. It's like, awesome. Uh, also, cause there's like a, there's, a there's all platforms inside and there's like a skipper's chair halfway up with a, with a little bit of a vent window that he had open, man, it's stunk. It's stunk of diesel fumes. And I don't know how many liters of seawater and vomit were in there but i'm betting you two hours worth
0: oh man,
1: yeah just that was a special smell (laughs) right anyway get over that i'm thinking right this door they've been keeping shut because it's their survival door because they're i think it's a rewritable life raft type thing you know it's a hard top uh but i need the door open so I get my fins off and we always had a carabiner on the back of our fins so you could clip them on because they're your engines, right? You don't want to ever lose your engines. So I clipped them onto myself <clears throat> and then I found a bit of a line or something and I tied the door back, knowing that I could just cut it with a dive knife if I needed to. And then I tried to talk to them and nobody spoke English and I said, okay, we're going to rescue you, helicopters here, all the basics, right, that was it. Tried in a different language, nobody said a word. I then realize after the rescue, there's two two Scottish guys on the boat. Two Scottish guys never said a word, and they were like, like this, you know, screen table. <laughs> screen table mode. I can't come in my environment, I'm in screen table mode, it's just like that's all they call it. So, i like, this is going to be a tough job. So, I call for um, so they get the high line to me, my guys. So, because I know how it's going to work and I know how to do it, they Took a while, got the highline in, boom. First job done. So that's the steady in line to the hook, So you're not struggling with the winch all the time. Then they send down two rescue stops with weighted bags because the wind's blowing so much. Everything's got to be super weighted. So the highline had like three or four weighted bags on it, which makes it ah. heavy. So that's now so on So
0: real quick, each weighted bag should be about uh, 10 pounds, about what, two, uh, four kilos-ish? That sound about uh, right,
1: yeah, about right, yeah, about four kilos, I'd say, yeah, per so bag, yeah, per bag. So, yeah. and then you've got a bit of a weight of line, so using 250 foot high lines because we needed that separation for the for the distance and everything, which also proved to be a bit of a lesson because that's possibly 250 200 foot you're dragging in and out, right?
0: Yeah, then
1: you've got, then you've got two rescue strops because it's way how many two.
0: two two, okay i thought you said three okay so
1: these guys we would only take two at a time and we were only going to use one strop on each because essentially they weren't they weren't suffering from immersion sickness or they haven't been in the water they weren't going to get hyper you know or hydrostatic squeeze so i said you know we're just going to take two at a time anyway turns out we couldn't (laughs) it was too emotional it was too it was too dangerous and and it also got too emotional because I ended up dragging these straps through the water every time for like 20 30 meters 100 feet which is just bull bagging <laughs> wow <laughs> and so I get the rest of these straps on and I'm like first guy come to me I'm doing the language and get on your knees I'm holding on to them put a strap on do the primary becket up and I'm holding them holding them and then I'm like yeah raise a winch raise a winch and I've got the High line in the other hand, and I'm like just got myself braced against the guardrails to keep myself on the boat whilst I'm holding yeah. on to them on the highline, and then they're gone just like that. Because the separation distance between the boat disappearing down a wave and the aircraft winching in or climbing was pretty amazing. And there's some video clips that show you that you know sometimes they go just go in the water and off, and you know, you know that's life. So a couple of things come from this. There's 26. It's a heavy boat. You start to take the weight out of the boat and it gets pretty skittish. So oh, my aircraft yeah. now is, is getting full. So they take 13. Okay. And I get them going. And then we start again. So I get 193 in and they get a high line to me and we start all over again. Okay, so... And I'm pretty knackered now. And it's it's way, it's way beyond 90 minutes. It was like going you know, on hours. They'd launched the third aircraft. Okay, 195, just in case everybody was running out of fuel. And then rescue was going to carry on. 194 was like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, leave me here. I'm going for the next one. So they went, took 13 back to Cold Rose. Cold Rose had already got itself up ready to receive clothes, warm, feed. Phones, you know everything for these survivors. So our it, it um, visiting the aircraft section, essentially. So yeah, uh, so that was good. So um, and then I've got the second lot. So all my kit, and my helmet, and everything's gone in the first aircraft. That's gone. That's gone. <laughs> I didn't think about <laughs> that too hard at the time. Man, the second aircraft comes in,
0: you're on so, the you're on the like the raft boat right now, the light raft. So
1: it, you're fine. Good. I was kind of surviving. I had what I needed. Yeah. But then it gets worse with being light, and I'm starting to empty the boat. And I'm kind of cherry picking who I'm, who I think is the next best person to come off, you know, just visually. And there was a guy who was just like not happy, and he was the biggest guy on the boat. You know, I'm I'm saying he's he's going to be 130 kilos. You know he's oh my a, god a big guy he's tall and he's big and he had a duffel bag and and I'm like no way no way no bag no bag I don't know what language he spoke but no bag and I'm shaking my head pointing at the bag no bag this is worldly belongings because the Napoli was a huge container ship and yeah. had a massive hole inside where it split open which completely flooded the engine room. And so they thought we're gonna sink. So that's why they abandoned it on one of those vertical launched lifeboats. Yeah. Going from Really quite high. So they've had an emotional journey and he's obviously grabbed his most important things to him. And I said, no way. And he would not, he would not let go of it. He's now in the doorway before I've beckoned him forward. I've got the rescue stroke ready and he's standing up. So I'm trying to get him to his knees. He's massive. He's strong. He's not letting go of his bag. I punched him in the arm to release the bag because we haven't got time for this. The aircraft's <laughs> running out of fuel. He's like the fifth one, last one to leave. The, the lifeboat's all over the place. It's getting emotional. I'm getting tired. Ditch the bag. He got really angry when I punched him. People do. He dropped the bag. I got the strap over him, and I'm going knees, and I'm like literally hitting him in the knees. Get down on your knees, and he would not. I got the strap on, and he went over the side. He's gone like, go over the- into the water. In the water. Oh shit! Oh shit! Was kind of come across my mind, and I'm like, I'm I'm just holding myself on the boat, and I've got his him in the rescue strap next to the life raft, immersed nearly up to his up to his head in water. In 40, 50 foot waves come in, right? And I'm like, this is not, this is not funny. And, and I'm kind of t- like, I, I knew this was happening because you didn't get on your knees. And uh, anyway, it was too late. And, and I'm knackered. I've been going at this for like two hours. And I'm <laughs> somewhere...
0: No, for, for the record, you're not literally naked. You're just extremely tired.
1: I'm not naked, knackered. Yeah, sorry, I said English. Oh, knackered. Okay, I, yeah. you said that twice. I'm like, what the hell is naked? And naked. I should have asked you before. <laughs> no, i not naked. That, that was that other story. No, no, I know. I'm yeah. tired. I'm really. Yeah. I'm like, smoked, exhausted. done, I mean, exhausted. I mean, yeah.
0: I'm like, man, I got to get up with all these English terms. My bad, dude. My bad. When you, when you come, come on, Jay.
1: Okay. Dad's been
0: trying to teach me, but I, I don't listen to him
1: much. So. Yeah, but he's got a funny accent as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah so oh man this is going bad yeah and it's emotional because it's it's really rough this isn't swimming pool this is this is ridiculous never seen the sea so angry in my life never seen it it just looked like a movie like a made-up movie scene it's just like this never happens anyway so i'm holding on to him i'm holding on to him and no i've just got to get him on board i've got to get him on board and I don't you know, it's like the incredible Hulk thing that you just find the energy, you flip the car. I don't know, you know, people have yeah. this and, and and I don't know how I did it, but I I I dragged him back. Just wait for that moment where the boat tipped up towards him and I just used every bit of strength. And now I've got my legs pinning me the other way, and I dragged him back on. And I don't know, you know, he's like all that weight and then i don't know what that's in pounds three hundred and something pounds and anyway yeah
0: it's uh so 100 kilos is 225 pounds yeah. so add another 30 you're probably adding another 60 pounds plus to it so yeah you're
1: uh, he's big he was big yeah. he might have been heavier than that i don't know anyway it was uh and now he's wet
0: <laughs> yeah
1: he's got an emergency on to be fair they all had emergency seats on but mostly with the gloves missing and stuff. Anyway, So uh, I get him on board. uh, I gather my thoughts. The guys upstairs are like, what the fuck is going on? They're waiting. I'm like, yeah, take a breath. Right, okay, get the winch hook in. Get it going ready. Right, he's ready, go. So they've given me a bit of slack to play with the cable to get it ready. And we get him gone. And I'm like, right, I'm toast. I am like, Absolutely, that's an American word, by the way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, that was
0: good. Yeah.
1: I appreciate that one. Yeah. I'm smoked, there you go, <laughs> that doesn't work well in the UK. No, not, toast. No. I'm, I'm, I, toast. I'm toast, I'm oh, toasted, I'm toast, no, that's good. So, and, and uh, right, I've just got to get the last few off on the boats, like all over the place, because it's beam on, there's no skipper, it's just all over the place. And, and I'm like, right, and I like, reset, next guy. Anyway, the sea rises, the aircraft comes in, all at the same second. They've got me the wind The guy's getting ready, he's on his knees ready, and the cable goes across the top of the lifeboat because the lifeboat skits underneath the aircraft. Okay. The cable goes under the boat goes under the aircraft now, which is bad. No visual references for the crew. They're like, pay out the cable, pay out the cable, give Jay some slack. Because if you snap it, you know, it's just gonna go horribly wrong. So in that moment, it's gone horribly wrong. And you know what happens next? The aircraft's probably pulling away because the, the wave's so big. And then the air, the boat's going to go. It's going to disappear down that wave. So they're going to pay out cable, pay out cable, try and get visual references. They're leaning out the door trying to find me. And the cable has wrapped around these these metal bars on the top.
0: Oh, my like,
1: God. Yeah, this is my lifeline. This is... Uh, so... I've got to to get it off. So I I wait, I look at the sea and I'm like, gotta go for it, gotta go for it. I'm not attached to anything. Got my fins on my chest and like, you know, they're quite big split fins. They're kind of right in the way, but it seemed the best place to put them. I climb up on the top of the life raft in this ridiculous sea, in this ridiculous place, in the middle of the English Channel with the last aircraft above me going 10 minutes. Before this, like you got five people and 10 minutes fuel, 10 minutes fuel, and then we're gone. And I didn't know there was a third aircraft, you know, I was lucky they got a third aircraft coming. So the pressure's really on, and now my cable's caught. And I'm like, oh, you cannot, you can't write this stuff. This is just ridiculous. So I'm up on the top of the life raft, and I'm holding on for dear life. And I'm like, don't clip on, don't clip on, just go with it, go with it, right? Get that length out. Get this side free. How is it? You know, it's gone round both both sides of the uh, of the two rails, like your roof rack rails, but they're like solid metal round rails. And I get one side off, and then I realise I'm going up the biggest wave I've seen because I'm now at the top looking down. And we go up, and we go up, and we go up, and I'm just getting the, the I'm on the last bit. I'm just about to release it, and now I'm I'm leaning, and I've got my foot. I'm like standing up on the life raft with one foot on one rail, one on the other. I'm holding on, still trying to flick it, and now I'm looking down the wave. And, and honestly, oh, that moment was, God. was a real weird moment. I'm trying not to get emotional about it because um, that was the moment I thought, "This is it. This is the end. You've done. You've done your best. You, you, you know, you've got a couple, three people, whatever it was. I think it might only be three actually left in the in the boat and You're not going to make it through this one because I was now looking straight down the wave, which was just ginormous, thinking it's going to roll. It's going to roll. I'm going to be under it. it, And it's going to be game over. Right. And and to this day, I was still flicking the cable and I just had a second pause and the cable came clear. And I'm staring down this wave and it must be 40, 50, 60 foot. I don't know going this way, thinking, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. I'm leaning back as much as possible. It's literally vertical. I mean, this boat's going to go, right? It's going it's to go. It's got... And I, I still, to this day, don't understand how, how it did. End. And um, and I need to go and have a look at the video footage because I've never, I've never seen that. And I need to go and review it. Holy so much...
0: shit, Jay. I, I
1: heard shit was kind of understatement. And I had a moment where I think <laughs> it, it all just came clear. And then somebody was helping me out. And I think it was um it's about six months before that my dad had died, and uh, so you know you're going through the grief, or you think you're going through the grief, and 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 I'm on you know I'm, I'm on my reserves as well, you know I'm you know I'm pretty burnt out, and then um, now I'm trying to clear this, and now I think I'm going to die because it's going to roll, and then and then it didn't, and the cable came loose, and I cleared it, and I got it clear, and, and I just had a like a moment where I thought, somebody help me out, really help me out. And um, so I climbed back down, I got the cable clear of the boat completely and I'm like, making sure it's clear. I got loads of cable there, winching it in to make sure we're all safe. And I'm like, right, woo, move on, focus. Right, next one, out, rescue stop, let's go. Got them all off and then uh, yeah, jumped in the water for the for the recovery because. In the safest place. Uh, yeah, cut cut the highline clear again, and then just jumped in the water. And uh, they came with the strap, and I hooked on because I had a rescue harness. So I just yeah. hooked on, and they got me out. We got into the aircraft, which is really weird, and there's footage of it as well. And of course, then that's the moment we are like, whoo! can you switch off from you? Know? You're like, yeah, what, what a day! What a day's work, right? And it's a different crew, okay? And I'm like, and this is the guy that said, "No, we're not taking you." And you know, as well. <laughs> and I haven't got a helmet, so luckily we had. A, we used to fly with like passenger helmets, which were okay. They weren't as good as ours, so they gave me that, and I plugged into the comms, and I'm wet, tired, and and all of that. And it's all these people that we just pulled out of the water and out the out the boat, and I'm like sat there with them. I'm just. I'm just sat at the back. There's no seats. You know, the aircraft's full. It's full. Yeah. So I'm allowed to be off of, even with the door open, I'm allowed to be off of a dispatcher harness. Or, you know, I've done all that. So they were happy. to just put me at the back and sit there in the and you puddle of the water. They plug me in and I was like, and they were like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I'm pretty tired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was
1: pretty good. And everyone's like, that was a freaking good job. There's some moments and I'm like, yeah, yeah, there were some moments and then you just get that elation I'm just got a smile on my face and all these people are looking like, thank God, but they're cold and they're wet and they've got blankets on them. So we get back and we'd had this hand discussion about fuel and, and um, we flew them back in straight to the reception centre and then uh, I got to walk them all in for safety. And I kind of said hello to everybody. And then I got back in the aircraft and I stood up between the seats and I looked in and I, and I looked at the fuel and it was literally zero fuel. We were literally on fumes and we had a, we had enough. We, we flew across to the squadron, literally pretty much run out of fuel. We shut the engines. They shut themselves down when we got to the squadron. <laughs> Holy like, shit. Like, we busted our fuel, our bingo time because you were there. And we only knew that 195 was coming out because it was our last minute thing, but we were on our way back with you. So we were good. We were, we, we were doing calculations literally every two minutes, every minute. We'd, I think we can just make it, we can just make it, we can just, make it, just make it, just wait for Jay. We can't leave him here. So, because that was their next option. And they were 30 seconds from leaving me because they had no other option. So, oh my God. It, it worked out and it would have been fine. I wouldn't have known that. I would have gone. What? <laughs> Why are you guys leaving? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, so that was good. Yeah, and then uh, here we go. And then and then the the, the, the press onslaught afterwards was uh was really funny. So it's really quite late in the evening now. By this time, it's a whole day of evolution, and I get in and the and our press lady, who's who's brilliant, she's an amazing woman. She's like, Jay, the whole world's in the hangar waiting to speak to you." And I was like, I am "I've got, to, I've got to sort out the kit. I've got to get the kit ready for tomorrow." He's like, "Okay, doing minimum stuff now." I was like, "I haven't eaten like all day. I had like a piece of toast this morning." They're like, How "Are we getting some food?" I was like, and I need a shower." And she's like, "You look great. You're in your wetsuit, and the cut on your forehead is ace. They're gonna love that on TV." And I'm like what, the cut on my forehead? I'm like, oh oh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of bleeding. Some point I must've got the hook in my head, split my forehead open. Nobody told me until then. She's like, that's amazing. I'm like, I'm getting a shower. If they really want to talk to me, they're going to wait for me to get my kit, get a shower, okay? And um, I didn't realize that that was also the crew that I went out with, the squadron CO, and everybody else was waiting for me but I guess they gave me a bit of grace right so oh my god
0: and then yeah. and
1: then it was there till like 11 o'clock at night doing interviews and, and photos and stuff so wow. wow I'll tell you one thing one thing that, um because I'm just doing my job you know I'm just doing my job that's what you train for is what you pay for yeah pay for uh, and and the love of it of, of saving people is immense but yeah. Well, yeah the one thing that it kind of makes it, it makes me proud and it makes me really happy because you know i was just doing my job but since the first crew come in what they've done is plug the camera in and reviewed the video okay and they um they they've gone through it but there's a load of people have gone for it, you know, all together on the TV and the crewman. And the crewman's crew room. And, uh, and they had gone just gone over it just to see what it looked like and how it was captured and, and etc. And when I walked in from the aircraft, they were all on the balcony and they all clapped me in.
0: What?
1: Jeez. I thought they were taking a piss. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought they were just like winding me up or something. That was my initial reaction. I was like, what? Shut up. <laughs> and, that, and that that's that's nice but as you know that was good you know you don't you don't ever don't probably have these conversations at work but i didn't anyway to say oh thanks guys you know, they obviously said good you know good job well done that was amazing yeah. or then i was like yeah yeah yeah." but um yeah that that was that was a nice nice thing like <laughs> so, ah, yeah.
0: brother that's freaking amazing yeah,
1: the absolutely. whole
0: rescue, the you, your entire crew, all the crews collectively, wow,
1: yeah,
0: just wow.
1: And um, I miss it, it's, you know, when you when you've gone through gone through all those things and new. numerous others that we haven't got time to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. This dude. is why I'm really happy that you're my first guy from the UK to come on.
1: Set the bar well, hot on, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> holy shit jay this is awesome um you and i had mentioned a little bit off or i should say you and i were talking a little bit offline prior to this and you actually mentioned to me that the the queen actually pinned that medal on you yeah
1: yeah yeah it was a huge honor and a privilege to meet the queen and uh wow Did, did you get knighted is that a thing didn't get naked not for the queen oh, no. knighted.
0: That, knighted,
1: that, knighted 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 no, no. Um, i don't even know is no. that does that really happen no, that's that's different that's totally different oh yeah, okay shit no but it's um it was interesting because um there you you're in a different room so that the people who get knighted are uh, they're separate so they go through first and they're held in a different area and I remember it was the same time as Sir Ian Botham, who's a big cricket legend and hero of mine as a boy, watching him grow up. My dad used to take me to the cricket matches. So he was getting knighted on the day, right? Okay. Um, we're upstairs watching it on the TV in Buckingham Palace. It's like, this is surreal. It's all happening in a different room somewhere. Will <laughs> you go down and queue up? So he had a bit of a fumble, which made me kind of smile. I was like, well, if he kind of cocks it up, I'm shit right? Because you're going into a big stage. It's a huge room with all the families there, all the all the pomp and ceremony, the band, they're all up in the, you know, the trumpeters, everything. You know, yeah. as you would imagine it, it's just amazing. All the taps in the toilets are gold, you know, everything. So it's just phenomenal. So I watched him cook it up a bit. And then you kind of in a queue to have your moment, and I was number ninety nine because it's all packaged into the like New Year's awards, you know. Okay. Yeah. So all those people are you know, packaging, and I was the last one, and I was pretty nervous by the time I got to the, the holding point where you're watching it go. A, you, so you're at the sideline going like that, and then there's a, an admiral there who uh, is an equerry to the queen so he helps the whole process and he was there and he's ex fleet air arm which is the aviation side of the royal navy right and he so he gets it and he he, he told me a dirty joke and made me laugh uh which is a really <laughs> good icebreaker and i'm looking at the queen thinking this shouldn't be happening here right <laughs> but it was great uh, and and, um, and that was a good icebreaker and then and then i get up to the queen and you, there's a formality that you you have to remember Okay, so the way you speak to her, the way you answer her questions, the way you approach her, the way, you, you know, everything, and you're briefed on that. So I did all that right, which is good. Bonus. Um, to, f- to represent. And, you know, by then, this is like, oh, this was much later, wasn't it? So it's October. So it wasn't the years, it was the next round. Anyway, they, um, she said, I saw you on the television. Which I was just like, completely like, oh yeah, the Queen watches TV, and She's seen my rescue on the TV. <laughs> and do you know what? We were chatting for about two or three minutes and she knew all about it. And how is your family and, and where I live? She's so well versed and just wow, such a clever person. She's done, she's already remembered all of those other people's details. They're the 98, and she knows mine for that one day. And that, you know, makes it special as well. Holy oh cow. Not here, nice job family. your majesty well done yeah. yeah so and then because i was the last one i got ferried across rather than everyone else joins their family in the arena to watch everyone else and what they do is they read out your a quick preview of your story before you march out and get called to march out so anyway i've done that and i go across to the other exit doors and then the big doors get open and the queen and all of her uh, people go out the doors followed by all the big medals like the knighthoods and, and all of that. And I'm stood by the wing again, ready to filter in behind. And so Ian both goes, wow, I can't believe I'm always going to beat you after hearing that and seeing you on the TV. And he grabs my hand, shakes it and goes, you're a legend. And I was like, this is not happening. You're a legend. <laughs> I, I remember you as a kid and I went to see your games. And we had a quick chat. And then he was kind of dragged away. I was like, this is cool. This is good. Yeah. Oh, my God, Jake. That is
0: sick. I love it. It's, uh,
1: yeah. I've got a lovely picture of me and the Queen at that moment, shaking hands just after she'd pinned the medal on my chest. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, man. Oh,
0: like man.
1: Said, yeah, I said, I was just the guy that got that medal, obviously in recognition of putting yourself out there. But like I've said from the start, I and mean, I've always said it's a massive team effort. It's, it's, it's the pilots, it's the crewmen, it's the observers, but more importantly, it's the engineers that are in the, at the air station wondering whether the aircraft's coming back and the effort they put in to just get that aircraft ready day in, day, not, day out, night, yeah. and completely changing them. And then they send a third. It's like, so they, they, they also need the recognition. You know, mm-hmm. I
0: I appreciate you doing that because I I like to give everybody the recognition they deserve as well. It it is not a one man show, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We, we go out there is as a durable. team. A
1: whole lot. Yeah. it's just just the pointy bit, the, the bit that gets on the camera sometimes. You know, the bit that so, yeah. you know what, that person that saves the, the other person or whatever. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know,
0: I I'll even throw out one more as they, and I like to say this as well as you know, I I have some good rescues and if it wasn't me on duty to that day, it would have been somebody else and they would have done the the same job or better. And, you know, I, I can't speak for you guys on, on your neck of the world, but you know, if you had another diver on, could they have done it?
1: Of course. Yeah. They would have all done exactly the same thing. You know, you were they, just the guy, we're you were the guy. It's just the guys were all there. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: And you know what my job is? My job is to recognize you right now, man. Good job. Jay. Sick, dude.
1: That was awesome! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Hell yeah, funny, dude. Funny spin-off, right? There was loads of these containers went missing off the Napoli. Okay. Huge 40-foot containers from all over the world. Loads of them washed up on the beach that got broken into and stolen motorbikes. It was huge in the southwest. Police were on the beach trying to stop it. People claiming wreckers' rights. So, um, so that was a bit weird. And then, I don't know, a couple of months later, we got a job off the North Coast, single-handed yachtsman uh, with a beacon going off. So we rushed out there thinking, another beacon, another waste of time. Da And so we get close and we try Channel 16 and we get this guy on Channel 16. And he goes, hello, yes, I'm in my life raft. And he's Norwegian and he was doing something like 15 knots in a brand new big yacht single-handed to deliver it to Falmouth. and he hit something which we think was a container that was still floating around from the napoli in the oh cockpit. no oh, yeah yeah because he was doing 15 knots and he went from 15 to nothing he went down into the uh, from the cockpit into the hold smashed his head open and was unconscious and came round as the boat was filling up with water and gathered his rescue bits threw his life raft into the water got in it and the yacht went down like that oh brand new. So there, and i'm like oh, it's a real rescue he's there so life raft really skittish one guy okay i know how to do this so we're all laughing and joking because it's a sunny day it's not rough this is all cool we're starting to chat about it i'm like how are we going to do this? I said, I'll tell you one thing you need to do. You need to get rid of the life raft, because otherwise we'll get another call, you know, day, <laughs> night, uh, it's the same way. Like, just do the shit out of it. <laughs> this is where we thought we'd do that. So anyway, we get in the, they get me into the raft, I get in I have a quick chat, I get him dressed, get him in his strop. He's not been in the water, so we single lift him, get his radios clipped on, I send him up, and get him out And then gets in the aircraft, they sort him out, and they back off and i said right because i said like, right, i'm gonna do like some mad killing spree action on this life because that'd be really funny oh really not funny because i got my diamond knife out and i went crazy they're all watching me having a giggle in the minutes gonna take to get rid of the life raft because there's no other real way you're not gonna winch up to the put it through the tail rotor right so I've right gotta, right Look at that! We're miles out. We're like 40 miles out, 50 miles. Out. So I go, rah! crazy, man. And, this, and it completely pops immediately. And it folds up on me. <laughs> down I go. Uh, so you were not on the outside of the raft to pop up.
0: I'm you were on the inside of the raft.
1: And I'm descending. <laughs> and I'm like, this is not great. I and mean, of course, we've got, we do... We do parachute drills under the water, you know, getting out from under parachutes.
0: Oh, my God, yeah.
1: darkness in the dunker in our underwater skate. Done all that, but this was kind of a little bit unexpected. What was I thinking? Yeah, I should have expected it. it really took me down. And I was like, kind of like, well, I didn't get a plan. And with a knife in hand. So I literally had to cut myself out and then holster my knife and swim to the surface with a, do I just try and, wait a while, because they're just going to be laughing at me. Oh. <laughs> they're also thinking, where's he gone? Where's he gone? <laughs> so I surfaced a bit tongue-in-cheek like, oh, a, bit, yeah, a bit embarrassed, really. They <laughs> so got in the aircraft and they went, that was really funny, and it was even funnier when you disappeared, and then it wasn't funny. <laughs> I was fine, it was just, yeah, I didn't want to come back up.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that's great
1: little crazy things you do
0: yeah jay i have had an absolute blast with you thank you so much for joining me um before i let you go i i like to ask everybody just a piece of advice that they would pass on all your years that you did all the rescues you've been on good bad or indifferent what advice would you pass on to everybody
1: i mean i know the training's exceptional i know the equipment is pretty bang on in everywhere that you go um but piece of advice, two pieces. One, in my early days, like I said, I went in with overalls on, a bit of naivety. No protection from the warmth, from the cold, sorry, and no buoyancy. So if you've got a buoyancy and you're not going to be in a wetsuit and you might have a buoyancy, you should go in a dry bag, you know, emergency. Um Nice. Yeah, the second, it's gone from the mind. What was I going to say?
0: You know what? It's all good.
1: Oh yeah. So come close, and a few people have come close when your brain is thinking too fast because you're thinking of the next part of the evolution, and you're on a cliff, for example, and you've hooked it. You've got your survivor into a structure on a flipping ledge or a bank. This is obviously what happened, and then you give the signal. All oh, good. Let's go. Let's get me off this cliff you realize you haven't hooked yourself on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Think, pause for a second, what's missing, Shit. hook on. Just double check that before you go, because I know loads of people who've come really close. Because- Oh yeah.
0: As yeah. I've heard before, the tactical pause. Take a yeah. tactical yeah. pause. The tactical I like pause that. And check, yeah, check you're hooked on. That's it. Awesome.
1: great. Jay,
0: this has been incredible. Thank you so much for joining me, telling me these stories, um, the laughs. I, I appreciate the—I'm uh, going to call it the British English lessons—as yeah, yeah. well, kind of added bonus for me. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, when I get up to England, I, I'm giving you a call. We're going to go out and we're going to kick some back and and we'll swap some more stories. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure,
1: definitely do that. We'll have some beers, and I'll tell you this do stuff on camera.
0: Okay. Ah, I I like that already. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. Dude, I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Again, this has been an absolute pleasure. And uh, and we'll meet up as soon as I can, all right?
1: Yeah. Nice to see you. Take care. You too. And with that, ladies and gentlemen,
0: we are out of here. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute to like, subscribe, and hit that share button. I'm pulling chocks and taking off, but before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you on as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else we talk about here, send an email to jason at therealrescue.com. That's jason at t-h-e-r-e-a-l-r-e-s-q dot com. You can also check us out on our web pages, therealrescue.com. Our Facebook page and our Instagram page at The Real Rescue. Again, a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard.